Welcome seminar, to the Seminar 33 Commentary. For I am the host of the director of seminar and the host of the show here, Marcus Beatty. Uh, joining me today, we sustenance. have the fantastic writers of Hugh Dunnett. We have Mr. Brendan Peterson. Hello, hello. And the magnificent Mr. Perry Whittle. Hello, thank you. Thank you for that glowing introduction, Marcus. I know, not as good as my usual ones. I'm sorry, guys. I'm constrained. Yeah, we're doing a whole new system, and I'm confused. So. I'm certain that you're the only one. Since I got here like 10 minutes later than everybody else, I can, I can brag and say I'm not confused. Not, not compared to when I was when I was trying to get into the call. Yeah. Hey, it's always about the challenge of getting to the commentary. The commentary is the hard part of the job. That's right. That's right. That's what I keep telling people. But today we have Hugh done it. I now, I, now, and I'm sorry. If I apologize to you guys right now because your show became stacked with plutonium. Plutonium is the thing I like to throw into a show when I have nothing on my mind, and that was the problem with this one is I had to tie in a few things to it, and your show worked well, so I want to apologize right away. Okay. I'm not sure I'm going to accept your apology, but okay. You can go on. That's why it goes on this whole Christmas rant, because this story was actually written just before Christmas. Uh, Ah, okay. All right. Uh, I apologize, but uh, yeah, so I I went on my own little personality rant. But there's reasons I did this storyline here. And specifically with Hugh Dunnett. And Hugh Dunnett is a neat little zombie show in this one. And it, it took the whole show because there was nothing I could pair with it. Um, All right. <laughs> yes, and we had it. We had uh, we wrote a nice little awkward sort of ending there for the um, in case this had been split into two different um, episodes. So we had a nice little ending there, uh, which we'll mention when we get to it. Or maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Maybe Brendan will. Maybe he won't. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. It seemed like it was just all flowing from beginning to end perfectly. So, but so yeah. maybe, maybe maybe we did that. I, I don't remember. That's right. No, no, no. It all flowed perfectly. So I'm, I'm going to say that um, Hugh Dunnett started as a way to entice Brendan to eat lunch with me. Um, so we went through a period there where we were not having lunch together, and I knew that he loved zombie movies, so I thought if we did a writing project together, we could meet for lunch. And if I made yeah. it about zombies, he'd clear his schedule. And, and you know, it's true, and, and actually, um, it made it almost worth it to have to go sit where in a food court you? in downtown San Francisco and talk to you. Yep. The fact that we were talking what? about zombies um, yep. Barbara was definitely alive yesterday. Was, was a bright spot. It helped with the, the food ago. court very, atmosphere. Very. Almost appropriate for zombies. Yes. Yes. And we started in November of 2008, and we submitted our first version in March of 2009. And that was to Marley Norton when she was editing Seminar. So, so we have two writers on this show, and two different editors. We were blessed with two different editors, and so this has got to be good. It's got to be good. Right. Barbara? Uh, so we got, sorry, I was just going to say, we did a lot of offshoring um, no, no, no. Of, the, uh, of some she of the writing as well. We had a team in India that worked on several scenes. <laughs> yes, Slackers, right. And according Mars. to the um, website that we were using to collaborate on this thing, uh, we 
finished up our first version, about version 680. I am not kidding you. That is what, I mean, it, it listed everything as a separate version. Like every time you would um, type something or change something or delete something, it would make a new version. So that was 680. And then we got feedback from Marley really fast. And... Uh, then we submitted our second version, June 1st, 2009, and that was a new um, uh, version of the show, and we got up to version 645 on that one. And then we um, uh, got some feedback from Chris Britton and made a few minor revisions and submitted the final version. August 2nd, 2009 was accepted September 20th, 2009. And so there you are. Our first version was about a group of people making a zombie movie and arguing with one another around the snacks tables. And Marley thought it wasn't so strong, so she asked for a major rewrite, and she suggested that we get rid of the main character and reduce the number of characters in general. Sorry. And we spent a month trying to figure out what to do next. We actually <laughs> added uh, we added characters, so we sort of went the opposite of what she, what she well, suggested. We, we did take out three minor characters, and we were feeling really happy with ourselves, and then we added three cops. So, yeah, sorry, we kind of screwed that up. But there was an army of zombies also that sort of un unnamed, un un unlisted zombies in the background, which are... Which are yeah. Beautifully done, and I was really happy when I heard the show, and I just hear this uh, groaning zombie army in the background. It's a very satisfying sound. Well, I'm glad it was hard to get all those zombies to stand in one room for an hour. You did a great job, Marcus. It was awkward, too, because, you know, they were all saying brains. I'm like, guys, it's not brains. No brains. What are we gonna see now, I have to ask a question. Who's the Joey Lawrence fan among you two? You know, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm quite sure Perry doesn't even know who that is, and I barely know who that is. Um, but why? Is there a Joey, it was, if there was a Joey Lawrence reference, it was definitely, like, uh, unconscious. It was, it was not. It was unconscious. Okay, good. See, I, now, I just let the cat out of the bag about, A, how nerdy I am, and B, how old I am, pretty much. Because uh, I know who Joey Lawrence is. I remember him back from Blossom Days. And there is a line in this show, which, you know, comes almost from him. Um, which, one, which one is that? I don't know. Oh, I... F I forget. It's, I happen to hear it, and it's, it's yeah. tagged in my notes as, remember to ask Joey Lawrence fans. It was like a question. People can look it up on the Internet and try to find the Joey Lawrence reference. And if they do, then they don't win anything. But that would be great if they could figure it out. I'm going to get no prize. Shut right, exactly, up, you tweenies. And Lofton, get back um, to the land. I was going to mention one of my one of the jokes oh, that we have at the beginning. I think, I think we might have already heard it, but it was, after a lifelong of being called Brandon, um, and my name is Brendan, we wanted to give the character the name, or we decided to give the name the character, the, brand, the name Brandon, I think just to make me feel bad. Um, payback. That. Yeah, exactly. Payback for who knows what. So, so luckily when... Uh, Brandon is first. Brandon uses himself. The person that needs him says, "Is that Brendan?" He says, "No, Brandon." So that was my little passive-aggressive way after years of being tortured with being called Brandon to, to get that in. I suppose we ought to mention the cast here. Um, yes. Or at some at some point, uh, Amanda Fitzwater is playing Mary, the baddest of bad cops, and doing a great job. Yeah, you both are so mean. Because even and I. 
and Chris Gumprich is playing Brandon, Brendan, Brandon. And Jack Kalk is playing Kurt. And Brian Finnegan is playing Lofton. And I remember trying to throw these things in like the zombie crime scene technician because I'm just amazed by the popularity of the, of the crime scene technician stories on TV these days. Days and I was trying to make a little fun of that. Are we professionals here? And, and Brendan was very hostile toward Lofton. Um, you were yeah. trying to keep, he kept trying to get him out of the show. And we had an, uh, we had an additional scene or two with him in it. And we, we tried to cut him way down. Eventually, yeah, you know, it was interesting because my, my, um, my push the whole time was, was zombies all the time. Again, I'm, I, I'm just a, a zombie fan, um, have been for most of my life. So, I was looking for as much zombie, um, zombie-rific moments as we could get. So, so I think that might have been part of it. Although now, the way it plays now, I think Lofton has a real nice, uh, nice role. I don't know that he needs to be in there any more than he is. Sorry. I just felt that Kurt and Mary were never going to solve this thing on their own. They had to get some help or some. They told us they. Yeah. Well, they did. Well, they they put somebody in a metal hat. Um, yeah. Also, Liz uh, is played by Ara Pelodi. Thank you, Ara. You're doing a fantastic job. Wonderful. Love it. Love it. Love it. I agree. And Amy, played by Bernadette Groves. Amy is an interesting character because she, um, she started out life as a man. She started out as a character named Richie. And um, we, we just wrote him sort of... Um, I don't know. Just it, well, you started it, Brendan. You wrote in real aggressive and kind of uh, I don't know, just aggressive and interesting. And so um, I wanted them to be like the like the the, the you know because these zombie crew, I wanted them to be like like a gang. I wanted it to be really like they were you know they they walked around with jackets on that, that you know and they did that fight at the bar because there were the zombies. So I think that. Um, I think that's what I was thinking of him as the leader of the gang, kind of a tough guy in that way. But I remember we talked about changing it up, and we said, let's just, let's just leave the lines, and we'll change it to a woman, and we'll see how it goes. And we made some adjustments afterwards, but it was actually pretty fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. And we have to mention Chip Joel, who's doing a fantastic job playing Hugh, who actually did the crime, by the way. Oh, gave it away? Spoiler. Yeah, well, we gave it away right in the title because, you know, this is not really a mystery. It's really an investigation story um, because we give it away right in the title. It's not a whodunit. It's whodunit. And, oh, right. and that's it. Yeah, no, I was, um, I remember as we, as we worked through this, I could not stop giggling every time we passed you say have any lines. Like, I think that if I had written this by myself, it would have been sad and never been produced, but it it would have just been Hugh grunting at everything that anybody else said. As a straight man, I think I think he's brilliant, and and yeah, the gentleman who's doing the acting captured it perfectly. And I remember sitting I remember sitting in the food court where we did most of our work, and where I suggest most people who are writing zombie uh, uh, dramas should do most of their work, and talking about the zombies and just thinking. Uh, I wish that somebody overhears our conversation as Perry and I talked about, yeah, this zombie should eat this person and this and that. I was just wishing that, you know, people were eavesdropping on us um, wondering about, you know, our sanity. Yes, but I, I think that most of them are working on their screenplays. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, you're in California. Pretty much that's the standard, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. And that that was a lot of the humor that we had with uh, Lofton and and Kurt um, was them talking about all the screenplays that they had been working on and um, chasing starlets who'd had um, who were pregnant or had kids and so they couldn't run away real fast and you know just like trying to chase them and make them read their screenplays and stuff like that. Someone get this vile flesh eating wannabe away from the baloney. He looks contagious. Yeah, I remember the the snack the uh, snack table scenes were some of some of our favorite ones to write. Cause it, the idea that at a zo- in a zombie movie that there would even be you know this is a low budget zombie movie that there would actually even be varying degrees of snack table um, you know like a, like a better one than like the zo- the extras the zombie extras have a, like just some old potato chips and maybe a couple of carrot sticks and the the speaking part actors actually have you know maybe slightly more fancy bologna or something that that seemed like a really funny. Idea. Right. Well, they would actually have some protein, right, and some vegetables. Thank you. Right. But the the zombie extras, the zombie extras just get chips. And not even name brand chips. That was the other thing was that the um, the zombies were actually um, stealing the Doritos from the actors' snacks table because you know it was, which was a treat because it was a uh, name brand. Right. And I love our, um, bleh, you really know how to make a girl puke. I, that, that performance just makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> and I also love Bernadette's work on uh, you, me, and this pressed turkey here. Right. Very passionate. Very passionate. Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, you know, I, I, one of the things I was going to comment on is that I, when we, when we wrote it and we started and we, moved, we worked in the investigation along with the original just zombie setting, zombie movie setting, I was concerned about how we do that transition from being in the interrogation room into the, into the zombie movie. Um, and I know we wrote it um, in a way that we thought would hopefully make sense, but I was very impressed with how it was put together with the sound and the, and the, you get a little bit of the sort of quietness of the zombie movie, and then it, and then it amps up. It's it's perfect actually because you can really get that feeling of, of moving from one setting to another. Because I imagine that that can be difficult in producing a an audio play like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, what well, the idea of it? Yeah, the idea was to to drag you into the camera and then you go out of it. Um, but I keep it I keep it as short as possible so you can hear what's actually going on in the sequence too. Right. Yeah, it's really really well done. Yeah, so at the beginning of this scene, that was okay, um, where part two starts, girl. where, um, where you Mary says, all right, 18th. zombie girl, and all that. My right. birthday. <laughs> I was drinking and I love the accent here. It was not, you know, this is one of those things where, for me at least, um, you write it and you don't, I don't think we put anything in about how the, you know, the actors bring so, their own. Um, and I thought that the accent you like horror was movies, definitely do you? Uh, an interesting and, and fun choice. Um, I'm assuming it's like a Transylvanian type accent, maybe, or you know, sort of zombie hey, Dracula type. Hey, get your head in the game here. Yeah. So, girl. Well, the best part about it is Burdick goes in and out of it ever so slightly, so you know it's a, it's a put-on thing, and that's what I liked about her doing it that way. Is the idea of her? her she's putting on this act of she's like this vampire type, zombie-loving girl, you know? Right. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, she's very tough. Right on. Kurt. Yeah. That, so when uh, when she says "power of the undead" and we get the right on, that was that was also a beautiful moment. You know, you write something like that, and, and they said it exactly how I would have imagined it. Perfect. One guy went a little weird. 
What do you mean, weird? He started uh, hanging out a lot with Barbara. I mean, zombies just... Yeah, I left her passion for the zombie, uh, the zombie world. I feel like zombies are... I mean, zombies are popular these days. There are entire books about, you know, surviving a zombie attack and how to be a zombie and... And, uh, and, and it's funny, you know, I just, I, I think that there's such a, such, they're so simple zombies. I mean, they probably don't require so much analysis. They're just kind of, they're just dumb and hungry, really. You know, they're, they're just looking for some food and wandering around. And I just thought that was a funny, uh, a funny for an actor. That's, that's kind of a funny role. There's really not that much to it. Grunting, acting like you're hungry. Pretty much, I, I'm every day. And um, ex but exploring all the uh, all the options available for someone in that state. Yeah. <laughs> so um, can I read some of our brainstorming here? When uh, after um, Marley told us to get rid of the story that we were trying to tell and do something else. <laughs> oh yes, now we want we want the good stories now. Here they come. All right, all right. So here here's um, us trying to. Uh, Okay, Amy, a like proud professional kid. zombie on a movie set, realizes she's working with a real dead zombie. She flirts with him, Fine. trying to get him to eat her. He goes off and eats someone else. Amy is devastated. Um, we follow Brandon as he yells for actors who haven't shown up, deals or not, with extras who bite one another in their method-driven madness, and deals with faulty equipment and crew. A simple pattern. Brandon waxes rhapsodic about some aspect of filmmaking only to be undercut by the actual chaos on set. The constant refrain is, we'll fix it in post if we have the money. Uh, an epic tale of the labor struggle. On the set of a cheapo zombie movie, Brandon tries to maintain control while the thespians and zombies nearly come to blows over a zombie who casually grabbed a baby carrot from the actor's craft services table. Amy, the agitator, screams, we'll shut you down. We control all the zombie extras. Don't Not fuck with us, man. <laughs> I'm going to get the polygraph. And then it's um, 1,900 votes, Hugh. Let's see. During the filming of a cheapo zombie film, Brandon is watching in the monitor. The scene breaks down when a fight breaks out between a zombie and an actor who feels the zombie got in her life. They argue, fight, equipment breaks. Amazingly, the camera works better after being dropped. <laughs> Brandon discovers his new muse, the foul-mouthed zombie extra. I can tell it's that's impressive. That's really impressive. Sounds like a Michael Bay movie. The camera works better after it's been dropped. <laughs> yes, I don't know why. <laughs> and then yeah, finally, we hit on uh, a sequence of police interrogations, good cop, bad cop routines, where the zombies, actors, and crew are inter interviewed to try to determine what happened on set and who killed Barbara and ate her. Let's get this weenie roast. Oh, so you have to explain why Barbara, uh, Brendan, or Brandon, or whatever your name is. What, why the name Barbara? Why the name Barbara? You were adamant about that. You, you insisted it had to be called Barbara. And that's oh, really? We, for all of you zombie-loving people in the audience, you will not question this uh, this move in Night of the Living Dead, the original Night of the Living Dead, directed by the great George Romero. Um, the, a brother and sister go to visit their, uh, I think it's their mother's uh, grave, and uh, the, the woman is, is named Barbara, and the brother in the graveyard, and the brother starts creeping around and says, they're coming to get you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. But there's nobody coming to get her at that moment. 
little does he know, I've within a couple of, of minutes, the zombie comes over the hill. Did him, you? Then they're all coming to get her. So the main character um, uh, there Anything. is Barbara. So then, of course, we have to have Barbara in our zombie show. So that's the story. Great. That's just for, you know, that's just to represent, again, for the zombie lovers of the world. And um, Barbara was the one Man, actor in that movie who um, made it to the end, right? I'm going to get real, real Is that right, or, is that, or am I wrong about that? Barbara, oh, no, she does, she does make, she does make it to the end. It's right, yes, that's exactly right. She, does, she goes running out, and, and something else bad happens. But I'm not going to give away for anybody who hasn't seen Arthur in the Right, and so that, I think that was one of the things is you, that you wanted um, you wanted to kill Barbara. That was part of the Where thing. Is it? Well, and I without giving away any... the ending, I know we're not there yet. I mean, one of the things that was very important to me, in fact, I think the other thing that I would never let up on is that I wanted the last thing to be of somebody getting eaten by a zombie. Um, and I wanted the last line to be as a person being eaten, eaten, saying, I'm dead. I don't know why that just strikes me as being yeah. so what does not that only tell us, hilarious, but profound. Um, I don't know. Even though I think Perry okay, tried to talk about it a few times. Thanks um, for the happy. help, <laughs> Probably happy yeah. that we were able to leave it in. And actually, the, the ending uh, now, as it is, is far more um, dramatic and erotic, actually, than I had originally thought we'll it might be. I can't complain about that. Like we always do. You're so true. It really is. I spend all day in oh, I wanted to um, mention that uh, Amanda Fitzwater's line as Mary, uh, talking about how real, real miffed she's going to get, is a direct rip from David Mamet's Wag the Dog. Um, watch it, please. Um, from the best. Nobody and steal from the best. Absolutely. In this town, actually and, um, drives a car like that. What? A, oh, and I and I love the sound effect um, that we went past when um, Lofton shows them the the fiber, the single fiber, and the script says sound effect, the sound of squinting. Yes. So beautiful sound effect, Marcus. I was wondering if you found that sound in a library, or did you do your own foley on that? And if you did your own foley, was it like was it like you squinting, and then you do like double it or triple it to make it, you know, both Kurt and Mary? No, I, I had to hire some people to come in and actually squint for me because I can't. Believe it. Come on. Yeah. Once again, I had to call on my team of, of spare gnomes that run around the offices here and uh, yep. do stuff for me like that. Yep. They were all squinting in a corner. Nice. <laughs> the special microphone to capture that uh, after that sound. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we use the boom mic for that one. <laughs> Every time we hit something with it, it goes boom. You can totally stare I love this. Uh, I, I love this uh, Barbara here at the end. I really fabulous. And Sierra Garcia doing a great job as Barbara. Oh. Yeah. I love, yes. I love yes. it when she tells him I to look really at her in the face. It's a, totally it's, it's a beautiful line. Being the I mean, a beautiful delivery of a beautiful line. I just don't want to get involved with you. Yeah. We don't have to be. Yeah, this and, is the role um, she actually wanted when she auditioned. Totally know mm -hmm. what I mean. Yeah, all right. I just... And um, we wrote several endings here. Um, we wrote an ending where they put the cuffs on Amy and an ending where they put the cuffs on Liz and an ending where they put the cuffs on, I guess, Brandon. I guess that was it. So three endings, is that right? Yeah, of course, Hugh is never going to get cuffs. Right, no, no, no. What? Or did we write that? Did we actually write that? No, that, that would have been silly. Okay. Um, we're never going to go down for this crime. I mean, 
Yeah. Nobody wants to do those. So, and then we just Ooh. chose the one that we thought was uh, <gasps> most preposterous. You, dude, you totally. Well, what I found entertaining is that you hook a zombie up you know, to you, a, um, uh, a a device that's made to sense blood pressure and heart yeah. rhythm. And I was thinking to myself, that's gonna be awkward. He's dead. That's why it doesn't actually do anything. Okay. It just has one Thanks. tone constantly. It's because oh, he's dead. I knew I could count on you. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what convinces them that he's um, telling them the truth because they get they get nothing off it. Wow. No response. Oh. I, I will say now though, sort hey, of sort know. of worst police oh, in the world in this episode, special. only because of the fact um, in the in the opening uh, sequence he's carried he's apparently gone into interrogation and brought a bag with him. I don't yeah. know much about police work, but for some reason I don't think they allow anything to go into interrogation but a body. Didn't just dump out his tapes in the in the police room. Yeah. yeah. Hey, okay. Let me go outside and grab those real quick. Yeah, sure. No, just go outside the building too while you're at it. No. <laughs> well, I'm ashamed. Other than that, it was completely and utterly realistic. There was absolutely oh, yeah. nothing that we where we broke the yeah. Oh, and hey, oh man. Hey, Brandon, Brandon, hey, I'm carry carry around his tapes everywhere he goes. He can't leave those. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and I loved. Um, don't chew my lips off. I just got them done. I, I just got them done. Was a great ad lib from him. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, she she had a lot of little good little own her own little things in there, and yeah. a few of them made it uh, because they were M and they were very much her, and they're very good. Don't stop! Um, Don't but she has fun with stuff like this, and this scene can go either way mentally in your head, which is the best part of it. And I really love um, Amanda Fitzwater's line: "It means Lofton's an idiot." Um, her delivery of that always makes me laugh. And that brings us to the end of Seminar 33. You guys brought me a fantastic script. I got some great actors. And a mediocre director put it together. And a bunch of gnomes. Fantastic. And a bunch of gnomes. And a bunch of gnomes. Uh, so, as we always do, we let a writer sign us off. Perry, you've done it before, so you don't get to do nothing because you'll probably be back anyway. So, Brendan, Brandon, what is your name again? Oh, you get to say goodnight to everybody. All right, well, uh, hey, thanks for the time. Uh, this is uh, Brendan Brandon and Perry Whittle uh, saying goodnight. Thanks for the fun. And uh, we'll see you uh, out in the graveyard. Kurt. Brian Finnegan as Lofton, Arapalodi as Liz, Bernadette Groves as Amy, M. Sierra Garcia as Barbara, and Chip Joel as Hugh. Written by Brendan Peterson and Perry Whittle. Seminar written and directed by Marcus Beattie, edited by Chris Britton. Seminar theme by David Alexander McDonald. Produced by Pendant Productions. Seminar co-created by Catherine Pride and Jeffrey Bridges. Copyright 2010, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.